Uh, thanks for coming today. I want to say welcome and thank you for coming. Those of you who are joining us right now online, uh, somewhere in the world, we're glad that you're with us uh, at our local campuses. Uh, we're glad that you are with us also. Um, I have been uh, a part of this church for 35 years. Uh, I think we were here at the start, if, if I remember right. And, uh, you know, we've had a lot of really high, high highs, and we've had some low, low lows. And this week, honestly, is one of the low lows. Um, many of you who are a part of this church received some communication uh, this week from us that uh, uh, trying to be as, as honest and transparent as we can. Um, and uh, we are heartbroken over the actions of uh, one of our uh, former employees. And um, we uh, are uh, very heartbroken for those who have had to walk through a process that we would never want anybody to walk through. And uh, so what I want to do as I start today is I want to just pray uh, for our North Charleston campus, for um, uh, families uh, that were impacted, uh, people that were impacted, have been impacted. And, um, you know, uh, God is our healer too. And we're going to trust in him uh, that he will uh, uh, do as he promises that he will do in his word. Can you pray with me? Father, I thank you for um, this church that I love so much. And thank you for Jesus, who is the reason that we can gather as we do. And um, God, we're just grateful for you. And our, our hearts are, are broken. Um, uh, we just pray that your grace, uh, your healing, uh, your love, your, your power would be made manifest uh, in a situation that we would never choose, that no one would. And so, Father, I pray that your kingdom would come and that your will would be done uh, in a powerful way in people's lives and girls' lives and families and in our church and in the North Charleston campus especially. And, God, we pray that your kingdom would come, your will would be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So I want you to take a deep breath because I have a word today. And I, I want to give it. So um, how many of you have ever been obsessed over something? Anybody? All right. What do you get obsessed over? Some, for some of us, it's appearance. It's appearance. It's image. Um, every time you walk by a mirror, you adjust something. Or even if it's a window that reflects and you want to make sure it looks good, you know. Some of us avoid those things because there's a lot more of us to reflect than there used to be. And we really don't want to see that. Some of us are obsessed by social media. That's a two-edged sword. Uh, but, you know, we want to, we check, we post something and then we check every three or four minutes to see, you know, how many likes or who said what or whatever, we get obsessed. Um, it can be a thing. It can be a car. Get obsessed by a boat or whatever the latest toy is. During uh, 
COVID, we all learned what it was to obsess over streaming video, right? And uh, there are some people to this day that are obsessed over Yellowstone. Um, I'm not going to ask you to make any admissions, okay? But I, I did read something interesting the other day that said that um, because of Yellowstone, that um, cowboy hats are a big deal. Uh, and I was thinking about that. I was walking around. You know, we're in Mount Pleasant. We don't even have cowboys. And, uh, and yet we have more cowboy hats than we used to. And I guess that's Yellowstone, right? Um, some of you are obsessed over The Bachelor. That's disgusting. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Here's an interesting one. Outer Banks. Anybody watch that? The only thing about Outer Banks that's Outer Banks is the sign at the beginning of the show. The rest of it's Mount Pleasant, as a matter of fact. And uh, boy, did we all obsess over a trial that was on TV that the entire country, maybe world, uh, watched. Um, my current obsession is this. I am obsessed with how to live well and finish strong. I really am. I'm, I am obsessed with that concept. And uh, uh, as you know, we have a retreat for pastors. We had a retreat last week, the week before. We've got one this week. I understand there are some of the pastors that are here today in, in the service. And one of the things we want to do is, is help, help pastors, help leaders live well, finish strong, not burn out. And uh, so that, that's an obsession I have. So, you know, when you have an obsession about something, you see it everywhere, right? You think about it everywhere. So I'm listening to music the other day. What kind of music do I listen to? 70s. And, and of, of course, Christian, Brandon, Lake, you know, that's my favorite. But you can't listen to Brandon all the time. So 70s. And it, 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 I'm going to tell you what I was going to tell you, but I'll tell you something else first. Is that called spider webbing? That's, I do that well. Um, I was reading the other day about music. And did you know that 70% of music that is consumed these days is old music? Yeah, that's right. And so that's why I listen to 70s. But anyway, so I'm listening to this. I'm listening to a song, and I hear this love song that they're so in love. It's obvious that this person that's singing is writing it to somebody specific. And so I do what anybody would do. I go to Wikipedia right away to find out who was this song written about, right? And so I got it, and I'm listening to it. I'm carried away with it. And then I look at Wikipedia, and they're, they're on their, their fourth marriage, uh, 18th relationship. <laughs> Since then, something didn't work, okay? It didn't live well, all right? Didn't live well. Or maybe you have friends that used to have a passion with, you know, whatever they're called to, and now they're burned out, they're broken. Something didn't work. Something didn't live well. And I ask myself, how, how's this going to play out for me? I mean, that's kind of what the obsession is about, is I want to see the finish line out there, and I, I want to finish well, and, and, uh, and, and, or finish strong, and live well. Well, that's one of the reasons I'm excited about this series that we're beginning today, called Proverbs, Find Wisdom, Find Life. 
The whole idea is we are going to take a journey together. Say together. Together. We're going to take a journey together uh, for 31 days. Actually, 26 days from today. Doesn't matter. You can jump in any time. What we're doing is we're, we're given a challenge to read a Proverbs, a chapter of Proverbs every day for the day of the month for 31 days. And if you haven't joined yet, that's fine. Did you know that nearly 5,000 people have taken the challenge already? And uh, yeah, that's amazing. And, uh, but you start, you start today, start, start right now. Um, but uh, Pro- Proverbs is one of three wisdom books, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job, that asks the question, what does it look like to live well in this world? What's going on in the world? And what does it look like to live well in the world? It's got incredible insights. Proverbs has incredible insights about money and sex and relationships, work, spirituality. Every area of your life is covered every day in this. And so Proverbs fuels my obsession about how to live well and finish strong. And it, what I'm going to do today is I'm just going to give you an overview, hopefully whet your appetite for what is possible over the next uh, 30, 31, 26 days from today. Some questions I have about Proverbs, and one of them is, when were they written? This is what's amazing to me, because I've been reading Proverbs for years and years and years and years. Um, I figured I need wisdom. How many of you need wisdom? Anybody? And Proverbs is a way to get wisdom. I've been reading it over and over and over for years. And, and it's amazing to me how contemporary it is. How you, you'll read something, you'll go, yeah, that, boy, that's where I am. Or I see that. And it was written 800 years before Jesus. 3,000 years ago, these Proverbs were written, most of them by Solomon, not all of them by Solomon, but most of them were. It's a collection of writings. Um, another question that I might have is, is this a self-help book? How many of you like self-help books? Apparently a lot of you do because it's a $13.2 billion industry. And with uh, AI, I don't know if you've been studying or watching AI or, or not, but the, you can write a self-help book in five minutes. <laughs> so there's going to be a lot more than there even is today. It's a growing industry. Is Proverbs a self-help book? Well, the problem with self-help books, they're good. Some of them are good. But it's that they're not always helpful. Have you noticed that? I mean, have you ever read a self-help book and, and then the author went off the rails and did what he told you not to do or she or whatever? You go, wow, how did that work? You know, Or... The, another problem is that you've got to be self-aware enough to know which book to choose. You know, there are thousands of them. What if you choose the wrong one and you need something else? You, you, got, you got to know. Proverbs knows what your problem is. It's interesting. For instance, for instance, let's say that we're having worship. How about, you want to hear something? We're not going to do it. But... Uh, Let's say that we're worshiping up here and we're playing, you know, we're singing, you know, whatever. let's choose gratitude. How about that? It's a good song. We're singing gratitude and we got a guitar player over here that's playing another song. Maybe they're playing the national anthem. Well, if you're Chris Stapleton, you can do that anytime you want to because that was good. But, uh, but you know what? If the guitar player is playing the wrong song, 
We don't need to get him guitar lessons or her guitar lessons. They need to be better. They need to get on the right page, right? And it's similar to that with the whole idea of self-help, Proverbs, what have you. You can get better, but you can be on the wrong page. And Proverbs knows what your problem is. In fact, right at the very beginning, Proverbs 1.7 says, the fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. What does that mean? You got to be afraid of God. Eh, one sense, yes. One sense, no. It's not the kind of fear that you're thinking about. It's just this idea that, that God is, is all powerful. That God is all knowing. That God is a lot bigger than me. His ways are hard for me to understand sometimes. And rather than setting myself up as a general manager of my own universe, the beginning of wisdom is saying, no, no, God is the manager of all universes. And what I need to do is align myself with God, not expect God to align himself with me. You know, so many interesting Proverbs. I, I don't, I, this is in my notes. So I, I don't know which one it is, but you'll get it when you get there. But one proverb says that, uh, you know, people make bad choices and screw up things, and then they blame God. Blame God. And the, why do we do that? Because we don't have a fear of God. We don't get it that God is the center of the universe, not me. And so when God doesn't work his deal in my plans or the way that I think it, then we blame God. God, so we got a fear, fear of the Lord is the, is the foundation of true knowledge, says, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Here's another question I have. Are Proverbs promises? You read a Proverbs, what'll happen is some days you'll read a chapter and it'll be like nine different Proverbs that just jump out and speak to you. And they sound like promises. This is, this is a promise to you. And what I would say is, be careful there. Um, no, they're not promises, but yes, they can be, in a sense. Let me tell you how that, that works. The, the Word of God is alive. There's the Logos Word of God, the written Word of God. And then, you ever read God's Word and something happens? Old school says it quickens in you. Something It comes alive in you. It, it goes from being the Logos, written word of God, to the Rhema, today word of God. Now, you need to know the context of what you're reading about because, you know, maybe it was a promise to Israel or a promise to somebody else. You need to understand that. But there are times that God will quicken that to you and that it becomes a promise, yes. But generally, the, prom the Proverbs are not promises. They're observations. They're probabilities of how it's, 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 he's observing life and he's saying, you know what? This is how life usually works. Okay. For instance, uh, uh, Proverbs 22 and verse six says, start children off or train up a child. Maybe you're familiar with that one on the way he should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Is that a promise? No, that is a probability. He's saying, if you will train your child properly, chances are that when they're old, that they'll keep doing the right thing. It's probability. What is the probability? 90%? 99%? I don't know what it is. But he says, this is a probability. On the flip side, 
If you don't train your child up in the way they should go, the probabilities are they'll go off the rails sometimes. Does that make sense? So what, what, when it can be harmful is when you can make judgments. It's always harmful when you make judgments of other people's motives. I was going to say it can be. It always is. Can I just give you a probability here? You are wrong about 99.9% of the time when you look at an outside situation and make a judgment about somebody else's motives. You just are. You just are. Bible says you, that you don't even know your own heart. Uh, but, but what will happen is you'll, you'll have a friend or whatever, and they're having problems with their kids. I love all my children. They're all here. <laughs> but if we had one child, Jason, he was a parent's dream growing up, right? If we'd had one child, I'd have written all kinds of books on how to raise children and just been obnoxious about the whole thing. And then Josh came along. Okay. <laughs> And Jenny came along. <laughs> yeah, she's sticking her tongue out at me right now from the front row. And when you go to make judgments, you can have two kids raised in the same home, same way, and they own, they have their own individual choices that they make, right? I'm confident that if your child, uh, uh, you know, has strayed and is not following God or, or the, the, you know, family's torn apart about it, here's what I'm confident of. Their story's not over yet. And that God does work all things for our good. But don't use this as, you know, a battering ram on people raising their kids uh, because it's a probability. It's not a promise, all right? Are there exceptions? Yeah, Ecclesiastes is actually a wisdom book about exceptions. Proverbs says, this is how life works most of the time. And Ecclesiastes says, time out. Sometimes it's really doesn't work that way. And then the book of Job is like an absolute disaster that wasn't his fault, but it teaches us that even in those situations, we can trust God. And God ultimately does work things out for our good. All right. So remember that Proverbs is about living well and finishing strong, but it's also about drawing near to the heart of God. And sometimes life and situations just don't turn out the way that we had anticipated. And in those moments, we draw close to God and understand that he does promise that through Jesus, he will work his will as we trust him. All right. I got about 10 minutes to give you five things. You think I can do that? I don't. Okay. But we're going to try. I want to read Proverbs 1, 1 through 6, just as a, a foundation, and then how to get the most out of it. These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose, say purpose together. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline, to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose, say purpose with me, is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives. Anybody like to have a disciplined and successful life? Anybody at all? Okay. All right. Some of you have issues, okay? <laughs> and to help them do what is right and just and fair. These Proverbs will give insight to the simple knowledge and discernment to the young. Let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. He talks about the young and the wise, young and the old. So this is a great place to start. If you have 
if you've ever had hard time reading God's word, this is like, this is the place to jump on board. Whether you've been there a long time or whether you're young, Proverbs are going to do it for you. Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning in these Proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and the riddles. Okay, how do you get the most out of Proverbs? Let me give you five things real quick. Number one, make a public commitment. Make a public commitment. Commit, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. So how many of you will make a public commitment today, right now, that you will, to the best of your ability, with God's help, read a Proverbs a day for the next 26 days? How many of you will do that? Okay, how many of you will do that? All right, here's what will happen. Is making a public commitment will help you sustain you through difficult times. When you don't feel like it, when, you know, when uh, things are just difficult, there's just too much life happening, making a public commitment uh, increases your focus. It's a powerful motivator, creates some accountability, develops perseverance. So I want to challenge you, tell somebody, this is what I'm doing, okay? Do it today. Tell somebody, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to read a proverb every day uh, for the next 26 days from now. Um, number two, ask God for wisdom. If you're doing it, remember, it's not just reading. Stuff. This is God's word. It's alive. And so ask him for wisdom, Proverbs 20, or 19, 20. Get all the advice and instruction you can so that you'll be wise for the rest of your life, okay? If you'd like to make better decisions, if you'd like to be a better counselor, give better advice to your kids or friends, to your social circle, um, ask God for wisdom. I love James 1.5, which says, if you need wisdom, anybody here need wisdom? Just real quick, do, do you need wisdom? Yeah, okay. Ask our, and I love this, he could just say, ask God. But he describes God as what? Generous. He says, ask our, he just wants to give. He's generous, that's who he is. Ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He won't rebuke you for asking. How do you get wisdom from God? I guess maybe sees. A, just admit you need it. I do this every day. God, I, boom, I need wisdom. I need wisdom. Admit you need it. B, believe that God wants to give it. Just believe. God's generous. If you ask him for wisdom for your situation, your problem, your family, God wants to give you wisdom. Believe. And then C, commit to using it. Commit to using it. What good is wisdom if you don't act on it, okay? So getting the most out of Proverbs, make a public commitment, ask God for wisdom. Here's the third thing. Write down what you're learning. Write down what you're learning. Do you ever get nervous when somebody doesn't write something down? So I love, there are a lot of people in this church that I love that are wait staff in restaurants where you own one or whatever. I'm not talking about you. Maybe, maybe. But anyway, so I go, do you get creeped out like I do? I go to a restaurant and I have a long order and the person doesn't write it down. I've got, you have a photographic memory. I try to trip them up every once in a while by adding the little, you know, five little things in there, whatever. But I wonder, am I going to get what, what I asked for? So they write it down. I had an employee one time here at Seacoast years ago who was responsible for a lot of stuff. And so it was a direct report and they'd come in and I'd say, here's, here's three or four things we really need to focus on. He would never write anything down. 
I'm like, seriously? Oh, I got it. Guess what? He didn't. That's why he's not here anymore. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> write it down. Look, look at Habakkuk 2.2. says, then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run, run with it. My grandpa used to tell me, write it down, son, or the devil will steal it from you. <laughs> Did all the time. I still think about that. I try to write everything down. So here's how to get the most out of Proverbs as far as this goes. All right. Number one, I would say, and you don't have to do this. This is, I don't want to be legalistic. Before I tell you this, how many of you are morning people? How many of you are normal like me? You're night people. Okay. All right. So, you know, we read different, but I would encourage you during the Proverbs series to do it first. Seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness. I know that's a stretch. Let's apply it to Proverbs. Uh, here's what I've done in the years that I do. And I, I've made a commitment over the last several months that the first thing that I'm going to do when I get up in the morning, number one is I'm going to acknowledge this is going to be a great day. Because I have a father who loves me and has a wonderful plan for my life. That's a challenge some days. And this was one of them, just to be real honest with you. But I confess it anyway, because I believe it to be true. Secondly, I will not look at anything other than God's word first. So if I'm curious about stuff, news, sports, whatever it happens to be, I've got to read God's word first before I get off in that. Because if I get off in that, I don't read God's word. And so, and so I would say, do it first, do it first, do it first, and then write it down. Um, when there's an insight, write it down. I do it on my phone. Um, I've read studies that say you actually get more out of it when you write it with a old school analog in a journal. I'm still not going to do that, but it's good for you. And some of you do, because I just carry my phone around. That's all I've got. Don't carry a journal. I've got a friend that has a, a Cards, three by five cards that he puts in his pocket always so he can write things down. Write it down, okay? And then here's a, here's a, uh, they, they say that uh, they, they study, people study everything, that you get 70% better retention if you review what you wrote down within 24 hours. So watch this. Write it down in the morning, review it at night, and you'll get 74 70% better retention of what God is teaching you in Proverbs, okay? So write it down, write it down. And here's, here's the next thing. Make a public commitment, ask God for wisdom, write it down. Number four, multiply the impact. Multiply the impact. I, well, I thought you just told us how to do that. No, 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 there's another way to multiply the impact. Ecclesiastes 4.9 says, two people are better off than one. For they can help each other do what? Succeed. Succeed. And so and later he says, three is even better. So here's how you multiply the impact. Do it with a friend. Do it with a friend. Um, this will be my fourth, I think, Proverbs study this year already. And here's what I did. Uh, before the year started, I'm thinking, okay, I, I want to do Bible study. I do Bible studies in the morning and... and uh, and somebody said, well, why don't you try the you version, doing it with a friend? I thought, well, that'd be nice. So I thought about that. I thought, who would I want to do it with? And there were, there were 
three names that came to mind that I'd like to do it with. And I the, immediately, my mind says, two of those won't do it. Was that Jesus telling me that? No, that was the devil. What I had done, if I would have acted on that, was say no for somebody else. Never say no for somebody else. Okay? Never say no for somebody else. And so, and so what I did was, these people were uh, very public profile people. And some of them didn't live in this area. And I thought, how can I connect them, get to know them better? And also, let's connect around the word. So I invited them to be in a proverb study with me. Everybody wants wisdom. Did you know that? Everybody does. They said yes immediately. Amazing thing. I got to know some people in ways that I wouldn't have known them. And they would write things down every morning, and I'd review them, look at them. I learned, I got benefit of the wisdom that God was giving them. It multiplied what God was giving me. So I decided I'm going to go to my small group. Got all the men in my small group, and we all did that together. Last night, I was at dinner with a, with a couple, and uh, I said, well, why don't we do this together? And so now they're in my Proverbs study, and I'm going to multiply the impact that Proverbs has with me. Maybe you have a friend, maybe you have a family member that lives a long ways from here. You can have Bible study with them every day, every day. Don't have to be at the same time, but you can multiply the wisdom. Do it with your family. Do it together, okay? We're doing it kind of together as Seacoast. We're all reading the same thing. You can actually have a study together. Multiply the impact. Here's the last thing. I have 29 seconds. Expect God to speak. We did it. Expect God to speak. Expect God to speak. Let me give you one last illustration. So I'm going public with something right now. I'm writing a book. Okay? I'm writing a book. Now, I didn't want to write a book. I'm not going to tell you all about what, why, why I didn't want to. I didn't feel like I had time, focus, whatever. I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, you got to do it. And it's going to be about living well and finishing strong, okay? And leaders, for leaders. And, um, and, so, and so I came up I came up with what I thought was, Debbie and I, she helped me. Just a killer title for the book. And the publisher said, no, that's not a good title. Nobody would buy that, nobody. <laughs> and so I spent about a week going back and forth with them, telling them, this is, yes, no, I'm dug in here. This is what it's gonna be called. Nope, we're not doing it. So I'm frustrated, frustrated. I, every, every day when I get up, I, this is going to be a wonderful day. It was by faith because this wasn't one. Just back and forth, frustrated. Finally, we came back. They, they said, deadline tomorrow. Come up with a better, better title or we'll title it ourselves. I said, oh, that's great. That's wonderful. And uh, so I got up that morning. And I, have you ever been just reluctant about getting up? Okay, be real. How many of you, the last thing you want to do is read God's word? Yeah, I mean, I did. I didn't want to, I don't have time. I'm frustrated. All right, I'll read it. It was the 16th of the month. And the proverb that morning was, we can make our own plans, but the Lord gives the right answer. Wow. Commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. Five minutes later, I had a killer title, called the publisher, and they said, that one will work. <laughs> wow. What is it? I'm not telling you. You got to buy the book. Okay? <laughs> Expect God to talk to you. Expect God to speak. This word is alive and living. Matthew 7 says, ask. 
and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. Proverbs 3 and verse 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Psalm 145 verse 18 says, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of them, those who fear him. He hears the, their cry, and he saves them. You know, all that we've talked about today is really just a metaphor for life. We've talked about how to get the most out of Proverbs. How do you get the most out of life? Make a, make a public commitment. Start with a public commitment to Jesus Christ. Say, you know what? I'm going to give you my life. I'm going to trust. Don't understand everything there is to know about how God works, the world works, and all of that. When you get that figured out, the science says, the science says different about every 20 years, you know. You just got to trust at some point. Make a public commitment of your life to Christ. Ask God for wisdom. Write down what you're learning. Multiply the impact. Get in community and expect God to speak to you every day of your life. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today for your kingdom, for your goodness, for your word, most of all. God, I pray that in the next few minutes here in our campuses online around the world, that you would speak to us clearly about your next steps for us. God, we pray that your kingdom would come and your will would be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.